On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Happy holidays, friends and fam, and Gruß vom Greenhouse Girls podcast. Years ago, a young man named Michael used to draw a character called Santa Claus, with a W, for Christmas and dreamed of always doing a creepy Christmas movie. Years later, he would stumble upon some Christmas postcards in the early days of the internet around 2004. Some of these postcards featured a hooved creature constantly beating children with sticks or shoving them into sacks. More than that, this figure seemed to have a really strong, wicked sense of humor. That is how Michael discovered Krampus. This was the guy, or the creature, that would be perfect for that creepy Christmas movie he had always dreamed about. Of course, Michael wouldn't get to do his Christmas movie first. Instead, he would do this Halloween film first, which was a little film called Trick or Treat. He still wanted to do that Christmas movie though, and he finally made it a reality in 2015, even casting the likes of the Queen herself, Toni Collette, and Adam Scott in it. Of course, we are talking about Michael Doherty's one and only Krampus, now streaming on Peacock. So keep the fire going, and don't stop believing in Santa. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. This is Brittany. So, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Gruß von Krampus, everyone. Yes, Gruß von Krampus. Gizmo's on my lap, so if you hear a weird bark noise, so sorry. Uh, he was asleep until we decided to record. Then he was like, nope, now he's sitting on my lap. Anyways, uh, how are you, Brett? I'm okay. I am gearing up. Of course, this is our first holiday episode, but we are in yes. reality... This is Tuesday before Thanksgiving's on Thursday. So it's like yeah. a weird mixture where it's like, I'm like, chance at the end of Whole Warm Bow where it's like, turkey, turkey, turkey. But then I'm like, jingle bells, jingle bells. So, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a holiday week. Yeah. Even though it's not a Christmas holiday week yet. But I will say, usually Advent starts the Sunday after Thanksgiving ends. So technically, we are less than a week away from the Christmas season. Yay. Or... Actually, if we want to be super accurate, the Advent season, because Christmas season is actually after Christmas Day. The 12 days of Christmas are after Christmas. Interesting. Just so you all know. It's not the days leading up to it. So every time they have a movie thing, that's the 12 days of Christmas, and it's the leading up to Christmas. I'm like, that is inaccurate. The 12 days of Christmas is Christmas Day to the Epiphany in January, because... Of course, it's religious. Anyways, just like Krampus. So I have a little bit of history with Krampus because I grew up Catholic. 
as we all know. Also, half my family's German Catholic, half of it's like British Protestant. And we've got a little French thrown in there and I don't know what religion they were. Although my family in America has never celebrated Krampus, I decided to take German in high school. The reason I took German was, one, we still have cousins there and I was like, oh, it would be fun to talk to them if I ever got to go visit them. Two, it's really easy because it's English without the French thrown in. Three is... The teacher teaching it was this really, really fun, eccentric teacher who I think is still teaching there, uh, Mr. Gustafsson. Shout out to Mr. G. Love him. He was one of my favorite teachers. Um, He used to teach French too, but he stopped teaching French the year I started. So I took German because I really wanted to have a class with him. And then I ended up also having history from him. He's a fantastic teacher. Anyways, the man grew up in Bavaria and he moved to America like when he was in high school. So he had all these stories about growing up in Bavaria. And he knew about Krampus because he was a terribly ill-behaved child in Bavaria, Germany. And he was so bad (laughs) because the things he told me that I remember are... He tried to steal ice cream from the shop in his village. And the reason he got caught because it melted in his pocket. Oh. (laughs) Because it was summer. He peed in the chalice at mass. So the cup where they put the wine, that's the blood of Christ. He was mad at the priest, so he peed in the chalice. Fair enough, yeah. And the third thing he did was... Well, actually, you know what? That's nothing. Because my mom and her friends put ink in the... Was it her friends or was it her... My grandpa. Might have my grandpa. It was either my mom or my grandpa. They went to a school with a bunch of nuns and they wore, wore those habits with those white parts on the, the chest and the forehead. They put ink in the holy water fount. So when they did the sign of the cross, they got ink on oh. the white part. Uh, it's not funny, but it is funny. And then he was like smoking since age eight. So he was just like... He was just a terribly ill-behaved child. So... His parents and his very eccentric grandmother arranged for their local Krampus to put him in a sack and toss him down their basement stairs. (laughs) At least that's what he told us. It probably wasn't that bad. So needless to say, Krampus is a counterpart to St. Nicholas. Yeah. In Austria and Germany and honestly, Italy and a lot of Catholic countries have a similar thing. Yeah. So St. Nicholas was a real person. He was a bishop. And the big story about St. Nicholas is that he would toss money down people's chimneys so they would have money to get married. Or if they were poor or something, you know. So that's why the whole chimney thing happens with Santa. So he kind of evolved into Santa Claus. But in very Germanic Catholic countries, they have this counterpart called Krampus. And so St. Nicholas Day... His feast day is December 6th. My family celebrated St. Nicholas Day. But what we do is we put our shoes out for St. Nicholas. And in the morning, he leaves you money or candy shaped like money. So like candy coins or something. So I always got some money in my shoes on December 6th. But the night before is Krampus night. And that's when all the bad children get punished, like my teacher. And it's kind of become like a mummers kind of thing. And they took it from a pagan ritual too, with the winter solstice, because that's what Christianity just did. I mean, the reason Christmas is when it is, is the winter solstice. The reason Halloween is when it is, is because of pagan rituals. And they put All Saints Day right after that. So like, it's all stealing from other cultures. But yeah, so he punishes children. And then if you survive Krampus's punishments, you get to celebrate St. Nicholas Day. And then Christmas is a whole another thing. But it's all around, it's all part of the Advent season, Christmas season. I like St. Nicholas Day. It's fun. In America, I didn't have Krampus. But Krampus is not like, he's not supposed to be like evil. 
he works in tandem with St. Nicholas. Yeah, and that's what Michael even said that he was like, you know, he seems like a very mischievous guy, like, mm-hmm. which is what he liked. And that's what, when we get more into his Krampus that he created for the movie, it's like a guy that essentially enjoys like the cat and mouse aspect of the chase and stuff. And yeah. I really do like this idea that when he was crafting Krampus, he was looking at, I love a Christmas carol. And I probably because I, oh, yeah. you know, I guess what is it? It's like, um, it wasn't called a Mickey Christmas carol, but you know, the Disney Christmas carol with Scrooge McDuck. I mean, that one's cute, but my favorite is the Muppet Christmas carol with Michael Caine. Yeah. I mean, classics. They're just classics. But they're, but yeah, but I really love this idea of like, he, he was like, you know, Christmas, Christmas Carol, uh, it's a wonderful life. They're morality tales. They're just like, yeah. hey, get your shit together. He's going to make this movie. And he was like, I'm going to craft it as like all these other Christmas movies are going to be morality tale. Like, get your shit together. Our bad things are really going to happen. But I'm going to put like this ancient creature, pagan creature in the middle of it. So yeah, I really like that concept. Fun. I thought it was really cool. It definitely is. Is cool and I will say um, I bet Mike Doherty celebrates any kind of holiday hardcore because he's made two movies now that's like if you don't have the spirit of the holiday in your heart and soul something is going to murder you <laughs> or at least make you really sad yeah because this is the second movie he's done about that yeah i like it so um he said something too interesting so um this was from an interview there's a site called it came from dot 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 which Mm -hmm. is kind of cool but he's like if you spend 20 minutes doing research on the origins of christmas they're just as dark and mysterious and weird as halloween because christmas Mm -hmm. started as a pagan holiday yep and he said he's more of a mischievous spirit than anything he's always got a smile on his face so he was (laughs) like debatable mike yeah yeah. He's like, you know, he's not just some crazed maniac with acts going around killing people. There's a sense of fun and purpose to the he character. He doesn't kill people. That's the thing. He does not kill people. He puts them in yeah. his sack and takes them away. It's very yeah. distinctive. He and doesn't it's like, actually murder people. No, they do heavily imply, I do think there's a character that says he does take them to the underworld when he drags them away. Well, in this movie, but Krampus yeah. doesn't kill people. Yeah. That's why he punishes them. I did watch a BuzzFeed video about the history of Krampus. And they used to make, like, sexy pin-up Krampus cards in, like, the 30s and 40s and 50s. Which I found very amusing. Sometimes it was lady Krampuses. And sometimes it was Krampus flirting with a lady. It's interesting because Kramp... Did I read that it came from, like, the German word for, like, rotten or something? Krampen is the word that Krampus is derived from. And it means claw. Because it's claw, because he's like a goat person. But yeah, I guess, well, I I think we kind of went a little bit into the backstory of Krampus and what kind of inspired this movie. And uh, of course, like we kind of mentioned, it's directed by Michael Doetry, who, again, he directed Trick or Treat. Uh, He also directed Godzilla, King of the Monsters. He was involved in screenplays for X2, Superman Returns, Urban Legends, Bloody Mary. And so I don't know officially, but I would think he'd be back to direct Trick or Treat 2, which is in pre-production right now, I know he's part of the development, so I assume... Yeah, but I, I don't hope. know. I found it funny that so there's two other writers, Todd yes. Casey and Zach Shields. Zach Shields also helped write Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong. 
Yeah. Those were the only things that came up on his IMDb. And I was like, no, it's funny because Todd Casey is the one who wrote, uh, he wrote episodes for Star versus the Forces of Evil, which I've seen because it was a Cartoon Network show. My friend Sam loves it. Hilda, Avengers Assemble, Centaur World, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So yeah. he seems to have a lot more like cartoons under his belt. Sack did write the screenplay or help with the screenplay of Godzilla. Uh, and Godzilla vs. Kong. And he was also an executive producer on Krampus, too. Yes, it is time to get into Krampus. That is streaming on Peacock. But you can also rent it on Amazon Prime. If you guys have Spectrum TV, it's available to stream on there, too. And Bravo Now. So I guess yeah. Bravo Now has a streaming service. Um, With that, very quick synopsis. Young Max just wants a Christmas with his family like the ones in the movies and the songs. However, when his family can't stop arguing, it causes him to lose the Christmas spirit, which in turn releases an ancient spirit and his minions to wreak havoc upon the family. You know, I did actually, I keep naming all of my summaries and parts. Yeah. You know what part one is? No. Crappy commercial Christmas. That's true. It's pretty much what it is, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I guess we're in spoilers, by the way, y'all. Yes, we are in spoilers. Spoilers! So, guys, uh, this week we got our wires crossed, and so I did more summary, and Brittany did more actors. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be doing the summary again. <laughs> Brittany's going to be doing more actors, but we'll we'll share it. I think we should. We'll 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 break it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure. So jump in whenever. So I like how this movie begins because it's like a montage of Black Friday chaos. Although I guess it's technically closer to Christmas. But they're like opening a store and people are fighting with each other. And like people are just like over it. And they're spending way too much money. And it's just like the ugliness and the late stage capitalism of the season. And it's like three days before Christmas. And we meet the main characters, the main family, which they never give us a last name. Oh, they, it's Ingle. E-N-G-E-L. Thank you, because I looked all over the internet and I didn't see it, and I tried to catch it in the movie, and I was like, I don't see it. In Austrian, it translates to angel. The trucks. Yep. Okay, so the actress who plays the grandmother is Austrian, but I think they're supposed to be German. I think it's it's implied that she's Austrian, but there's a Austrian-German dialect. Is it Bavarian? Bavarian? B-A-L. So Bavaria is a region. It's like a dialect, right? No, it's a, so it's a physical region of Germany, but it's in the south of Germany. Yeah. That's where my teacher grew up. So they, they have a very different dialect. But anyways, so the little montage of all of the awfulness is to, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And so we meet the family um, because the two parents are trying to stop their son Max from fighting with a classmate at a nativity scene while his sister tapes the whole thing on her cell phone, which I thought was very funny. Yep. The other kid apparently was trying to tell everyone that Santa is fake, and Max wants to keep that for, quote-unquote, to not ruin it for the little kids, even though he does still believe in Santa. Which, I'm gonna be honest, I, like, kind of half believed in Santa for a very long time. I knew... But I, like, liked the whole mystery of it. And honestly, my parents still write from Santa on some things because we have, like, little kids in our family. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I was probably, like, honestly 16, 17, knowing that wasn't true, but just dreading my mom to actually go, Brittany, no, really. And I'm just Oh, my parents never actually told any of us. Like, we just all knew, but we don't talk about it. We're just like... Yes, we know, but, like, we're going to keep the facade going because it's fun. I like the idea that even if Santa is not a physical person, there's a spirit of St. Nicholas that 
can come for us all during yeah. Christmas time. So I do kind of hold that uh, to my heart. Anyways, so Max is played by MJ Anthony, who's spelled E-M-J-A-Y. Yes. He played some minor roles. So Chef, uh, he was in a movie called Chef, but he was also uh, played a wolf in the live action 2016 The Jungle uh-huh. Book, which I did see and liked. I liked that, actually. Bad Moms and Bad Moms Christmas. Adam Leon, or Adam Lean in the TV series Rake, and recently a Seek in the TV series Physical. So this came up, and I was worried that this was a real thing. It's not. It's a satire. But there is apparently a satirical Funny or Die video called Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie. And Johnny Depp plays... Donald Trump in a bunch of prosthetic makeup and it was made in 2016 I guess when he was running for office and I guess he's in it but I don't I didn't even know this was a thing and I was like oh my god was this like propaganda and I was like oh no it's a satire that's even better there is a picture of Johnny Depp next to Kenneth from 30 Rock Oh. <laughs> so, and then we have the parents, Tom and Sarah. And Tom is played by Adam Scott. Yes, who's probably best known for playing Ben Wyatt in Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. But he's also in Severance, Step Brothers, Piranhas 3, Double D, and Little Evil. Also, uh, Big Little Lies. So the dad's like not, t- Tom isn't technically working, but he's still taking work calls over the holiday, which is kind of frustrating. Um, To the mom, Sarah, who's played by our queen, Tony Collette. One of our queens. Oh my god. So Tony Collette <laughs> is one, a phenomenal actress, two, the greatest thing ever. But she <laughs> Three, uh, Australian. Yeah. Uh also like Oscar nominated actress. Who was robbed, which is one of the reasons why we started a podcast. <laughs> yes. She was fucking robbed for hereditary. But she was also in hereditary about a boy, Little Miss Sunshine, The Staircase, very recently. Yes. Muriel's Wedding, United States of Terror as Tara, Mary and Max, which is animated, but it's incredible. Knives Out and Nightmare Alley recently, just to name a few. That's a yeah. few of her movies. I love her. She's so she's good. She's just consistently good. Yeah. And she's good in this too. She's like she's like a Martha Stewart wannabe basically. Um and she's a little uptight. But she just wants everything to be nice. And then their daughter's name is Beth. And she's played by, I'm guessing this is how you say her name, Stefania Lovey Owen. So she was, um, and it's been, it's really funny because we were talking about Alice Sibold, which I do have some news about I that. know, we were just talking about that. Yeah. I saw what movie she's been in. Uh, Floor and the Lovely Bones, Coming for the Rye, which I had heard about because it's like about a teenager that's like uh, obsessed with J.D. Salinger and Catcher in the Rye. Oh, okay. Yeah. Paper Spiders, which I've heard a lot about on the indie circus, indie circuit, and she was also in the Carrie Diaries and Running Wild, so she's been in a couple TV shows too. And there's that TV show Sweet Tooth, and Beth is dreading the arrival of the family that's yeah. coming to visit. Her maternal aunt, her boorish uncle, and their redneck children. Which, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, there's being Southern and there's being a redneck. It's different. Also, they're nice redneck people, but I don't know. Anyways, the only person who seems to be in the Christmas spirit is Max's grandmother, Omi. Yeah, and she's played by Krista Stadler. And she's she's a, I guess, Austrian-German act- mm-hmm. actress. So I cannot pronounce a lot of her movies that she was in. But, I mean, she has a lucrative film career. And yeah, career. she's been working for decades yeah and all of them are are austrian or german i think she's yeah. from austria originally mike kiefer flieg is one to tort that one was easy and lena rice which i've never seen any of them but there's some that were like from like the 70s that looked like 
high quality films. There was one that I had heard of, but I couldn't find, like, I couldn't remember the English name, but like, I'd heard of it. I was like, all right. She was the third choice for Omi. Um, and it was the other two actresses that were playing her dropped out. And they didn't list why they dropped out. But I think she is so cute. Like, I'm really glad they got her and that she was who ended up playing the character. Because I really like her. But she tells him in German. Like, she very specifically speaks German most of the time. But she obviously understands English. Which I think is a kind of a nice touch. Because there's a lot of, like, third generation um, families yeah. in uh, America and there's a lot of like bilingual families and I was like that's kind of nice like to throw that little thing in because I think we all try to pretend that everyone speaks English 110 percent of the time like not if like your grandma lived in a different country her whole life and didn't move to America till she was like an adult like yeah that's true but she tells him in German that believing in Santa slash Saint Nicholas is believing in the true spirit of the holiday and then she says, and he is what you make out of him, which is a little ominous, Ami, um, which brings us to our next part, which is I called the family groan instead of the family stone because I hate the movie The Family Stone because yeah. it's depressing. So Sarah gets distracted by her Martha Stewart like merrymaking by the arrival of her sister, Linda. And Linda's played by Allison Tolman, who was Lucy and... The gift of Molly Silverson in the first season, Fargo, which I've never sold Fargo, the TV series, but I've heard good things. Now, I know Katie recently, her theater was involved in this show, so she played Tink in Sword Lives, the TV series. Which Tink is not in the play of Sorted Lives. Okay. But I looked it up and, like, they did do a TV series. I think the TV series is a prequel to the play Sorted Lives because... In Sorted Lives, the grandmother is dead, and that's why everyone's gathering, and the grandmother is a character in it. But it's Del Shores, and Del Shores wrote a lot of plays based on a, the same southern town. Okay. Oh, but she was recently in Why Woman Kill and the TV miniseries Gaslit, so she was still in TV series this year. So she's got a talk radio-loving conservative redneck husband, Howard, which I love all the little, like, digs they give about him, which is, like... Just a warning sign, because this was in 2015 of things yet to come. 2015. So this was a year before Trump was elected. So just, when you watch this movie, the things he's saying, just remember, this is that time period. Anyways, he's played by David Coker. Yeah, and of course, being Office fans. Kechner, I'm sorry, Keckner. Being Office fans, we think of him as Todd Packer. Also, I mean, he's kind of a comedic actor, so he was an Anchorman in Anchorman yes. 2. Gets smart. Uh, had parts in Austin Powers' to Spy Who Shagged Me, the Duke of Hazards movie. He was the dad. I knew as soon as, because I liked the 40-year-old version, so as soon as I it was like dad, uh -huh. I was like, oh yeah, he's the dad that's like cracking jokes like about like the sex meeting. Thank you for yeah. smoking and Talladega Nights and incidentally also Piranha 3 Double D. He also was in featured in season three of Twin Peaks. They have two older daughters. They're forcibly tomboys. It's very obvious that their dad has kind of forced a gender stereotype on them because he wanted like a family. He's like a Gaston character. He wants to have six or seven boys, strapping boys like me. Um, So they're like dressed in like camo gear. Yeah, his uh, daughters are played by Queenie Samuel as Jordan. Uh, she played Sophie in the TV series Nothing Trivial and also the TV series Shortland Street. Lolo Owen was Stevie, who was in the 2014 film The Cure. Yes, and they also have the seemingly empty Howie Jr., which this was his only film, Maverick Flack. Mm -hmm. And they have a baby named Chrissy, who they forget in the car momentarily yeah um and then among 
The uninvited guests are Rosie the Bulldog, who's adorable. Very She's cute. wearing a sweater. And then Aunt Dorothy, who Yay. apparently is kind of a bitch, and they didn't know she was coming, who's played by Conchata Farrell, yes. who I guarantee you, you know her. She unfortunately passed away a couple years ago, but she is really familiar because she's been in like a ton of things i remember her from mr deeds yes but i forgot she was apparently also in edward scissorhands she also literally was bertha on for 12 years on two and a half men so that's a long time to be on tv series yes yeah and she's very good at playing like kind of a gruff grumpy authoritarian lady yeah someone you don't want to fucking mess with and she was also in mystic pizza i think yes. she was a little softer in mystic pizza if i remember correctly and she's like as she gets in she's like i need some nog to make me merry so she i think she might have a, a, a drinking problem just a little bit um at dinner it's very clear that all the families are super different sarah and tom are kind of like reserved a little more liberal they're very wealthy and I wouldn't say, like, super wealthy, but they're, like, upper middle class. Um, while Linda is kind of struggling with, like, kind of balancing between her... She cares about her sister, but then also, like, she's got this gun-toting husband who's kind of rude. But also, like, her sister's kind of snobby. Sarah and Tom are a little bit snobbish towards them. Yeah. And so they don't... It's obvious, like, they have more kids. They have a little less money. Although he has money to buy a giant Hummer, so... That's true. Not sure about that. Aunt Linda is kind of being racist and really critical, and then uh, it's just it's just a lot. And the Stevie and Jordan find uh, Max's letter to Santa and read it out loud, covering his wishes. And like, it's very sweet. It's not even for things. It's like I I don't have that many friends. I'd like to have more friends. I wish I could be closer to my sister again because the sister has a boyfriend now. So like. They don't spend as much time together. He wants his parents to fall back in love because his dad works so much. They don't see each other very much. Um, He thanks them for Omi. And then he wishes that things were easier for his aunt and uncle's family. But then the the girls get mad because he says something about Howard wants them to be boys. And they're like, that's not true. And then they start fighting. And it's just knockdown, drag out fight. And so he just ends up screaming that he wants Christmas to be how it used to be and runs upstairs to cry. And then Tom does try to like, you know, have a nice dad son moment he's like you know christmas is hard but you know we should focus on the things that we have in common and not the things we don't and he's like do you believe that he's like i want to you know so he's trying to be the better dad you know but he's also like a human so anyways he ends up getting mad and max rips up his letter to Santa and throws it out the window into the night apparently beckoning krampus upon his family um because Krampus has come. Yeah. Almost immediately, there's like a fucking snowstorm out of nowhere. And it was already snowing, but there's like a huge snowstorm. It knocks out all the power. The cell phones aren't working. The phone lines are down. Which I will say, like, that does happen with snowstorms sometimes. But anyways, on... This is December 23rd. And Max notices a very large snowman in his yard. Yep. Like, it's a big snowman. Like, it's bigger than a... It's bigger than a person. A person could fit inside of it, basically. And Sarah and Tom are trying to figure out what's going on. And Omi has made a big fire in the living room and is making everyone hot chocolate because apparently hot cocoa makes everything better. She's right. Yep. So anyways, there's a delivery man at the door who comes and brings a package, but then also there's a red bag full of packages and Linda just figures that they're meant for 
her Sarah and Tom. So she's like, oh, I guess we'll bring these in too. And they eventually make it up to the attic. And Beth is worried because her boyfriend who lives four blocks away is not answering her text messages. So she asks, hey, can I, can I go check on him? And, and Sarah's like, yes, but only for one hour. So she goes out and uh, she hears all these strange noises. She sees a giant horned figure jumping from rooftop to rooftop. And she runs to seek shelter under the delivery van after finding that the driver has frozen to death because it's that cold apparently and she but she she thinks that she's safe but then there's this little jack-in-the-box you don't really see much of the jack-in-the-box but whatever the hell was in that thing makes her scream so badly that she gets taken and i did want to say at this point so we do glance krampus for the first time obviously here and he's played by luke hawker who was in the TV series Small Blacks TV, which is interesting. Played a few different parts in The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. And he's been involved in special effects departments for I Am Mother, Power Rangers, Warcraft, and Elysium. So he usually does special Mm. effects work, which I thought was cool. So Beth is seemingly taken. And obviously it's been a few hours and her parents are kind of worried. And they do seem to kind of like bond a little bit they're like i miss us i miss us too i'm like oh that's cute yeah so maybe max was right but so tom asks howard to help him look for beth with his hummer who he has named lucinda ami doesn't want them to go but they do um they're like don't worry and they discover an abandoned wrecked snowplow but no radio service and an ominous chill in the air and the next section i named oh no it's a banging at the door back at home Sarah and Linda bond over some family heirlooms and memories. I guess so their mom has passed away. So like Sarah is kind of the person that's been trying to keep the traditions alive. And they do hear some footsteps on the rooftop and then a loud banging. But they all kind of like reason it away. And Omi just keeps checking the chimney and stoking the fire. And she's just like, gotta keep that fire hot. Mm-hmm. And um, you're like, oh, okay, Omi. At Derek's house... Tom and Howard find it deserted and the chimney has been like burst open and there's large hoof prints. They're like, that's weird. And then Tom thinks he hears Beth crying for help. So they run out armed and ready. But unfortunately, Howard is attacked by something biting him under the snow. It's very much like the the trash compactor scene in Star Wars. I was about to say, so this is a slight spoiler, but we're about to meet the character. So it's supposed to be, is this supposed to be the clown that is attacking them under the snow? I don't think so. Okay, because I know it burrows. So, because it burrows for the ducks in the house. So I didn't know for sure. I don't know, but they never explain exactly who it is, but that's what... They don't explain. I think there's yeah. multiple things out under the snow. That's why I figured it wasn't it, but it could be. Yeah. You don't ever see it. Yeah. But it's certainly got teeth. Yeah, it does. But Tom does shoot it to get him free. So they've lost Beth, and Howard's leg is now almost as destroyed as Lucinda because something has crushed the Hummer, which would take a lot. And he's like, Lucinda! No! So they retreat back to the house, bandage up Howard's legs, and lock everything up. And then Aunt Dorothy takes the kids to make uh, peppermint schnapps. But Omi is keeps warning Tom to, like, keep the fire hot. And Sarah wants to go out in Paris to search for Beth. But Howard's like, hey, I already have frostbite and I was out there for, like, four minutes. And also, the truck's been destroyed. So they're just stuck, um, which is when they start hunkering down. Mm-hmm. Which is the next section I had. I do like because Howard and Tom start bonding a little bit. And it's he cute. says, thank you. And he's like, you go get some sleep with your family. I'll go first. I'll take the first shift. 
You should always have two people on the first shift, on any shift. Yeah, I love the I love the comedic timing of that because he says that, and Tom's like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Yeah, you you go you go rest with your family." And literally, the next scene is fucking Howard asleep. Yeah, like I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. That's how it goes. But it's so oh, cute because yeah. they panned over like the dogs asleep, the babies asleep, everyone's just asleep. It's very cute, but also terrifying. Because, oh, also, the way Howard apologizes was he says, I, I'm sorry, I thought you were a spineless dick for all these years. Yeah, like a true, like a true Southern, not all Southern men, but like a true kind of, you know, he can't a just. A country gentleman. Yeah, he can't just like be true with his feelings. So he has to say it in a backhanded way. No, that is a Southern thing. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Max does point out to Tom that Omi has been acting very differently and the family decides to have that sleepover. Unfortunately, the fire dies down enough to let in some evil little gingerbread men who are voiced by Seth Green, Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty, and Breen Burns from the Dr. Tran video. I was like, I knew I wrote down who was associated with the Dr. Tran video because I was curious because I knew about Seth Green and Justin Roiland being voices of the gingerbread men, which they don't really say much, so it doesn't sound like either one Yeah. But I thought that was fun that they're the ones that did that. Anyways, um, they come down from the chimney to tempt little Howie Jr. And he falls hook, line, and sinker because it came down off a hook. Get it? Yeah, that's funny. And despite the family trying to pull him back up, he's taken up the chimney and the tree catches on fire by from a rogue log. And Howard is like blaming himself, but Omi is like, no, this is all of our faults. And she's like, he's coming for us. And then in English, she decides to tell them the story about how when she was a little girl... Which, by the way, this is illustrated beautifully by this lovely animation. It kind of reminds me, even though it's not illustrated, it reminds me of the bus scene in Trick or Treat. Like, it's like a flashback. Yes. How, like, it's like completely yes. different style, everything. So. Yes. Which is why I was like, was that part animated in Trick or Treat? And I was like, it wasn't. But, yeah. like, this is lovely. I love it. Yeah. I like that that's like a director's trademark, I think, for him. Yes. I like, I like the flashback. So, basically, she's like, so when I was a little girl... In Germany, I'm, I'm assuming Germany, but it could have been Austria. When she was a little girl in some Germanic country, it was really, it was a rough start because probably it was either war-torn or post-war. Her village was going through a really terrible time. Her neighbors steal the little girl's bread. And then she goes home and her parents are fighting and they rip her Santa toy. And so she decided to give up on the Christmas spirit and burned her Santa toy. And that night, a blizzard overcame the village. And instead of St. Nicholas, it was the dark and ancient spirit of Krampus. The shadow. And she calls him the shadow of St. Nicholas. Yeah. And he took her parents and left a bell for her with his name on it. Which reminds me, okay, I have to say, speaking of Christmas, yeah. it also reminds me of the Polar Express in a way. It's like the gift. So she says that that was to remember her wish to for things to be better or whatever. So Howard doesn't really believe it, but everyone else is like, I mean, it's a good explanation for everything that just happened. Howard starts to leave with his shotgun to save Howie. But there's even more snowmen in the yard. And the others shut the door and decide to keep the fire hot. Which brings us to our next part. Crazy killer toys and treats. So the family rallies and decides to go for the snowplow and drive the family to the mall. And then, because it's supposed to be a shelter, and then they're going to come back and look for Beth and Howie. But, unfortunately, the red sack from earlier 
has a bunch of surprises inside, um, which we will soon get to meet. And Jordan and Stevie have to head upstairs to use the bathroom because apparently Aunt Dorothy clogged up the toilet. Which again, like their water's not even like hot, so like things might not be working right. Thinking it's Beth because they hear a, a noise, they hear a voice go, "Jordan, Stevie," and it kind of sounds like Beth. They go up to the attic, but they're greeted by several evil toys. Which, there's the jack-in-the-box, which I'm sure you've probably seen a picture of, a demonic teddy bear, a not-so-angelic angel, an evil gingerbread man, and a creepy robot. Oh, man. And then my favorite, and they call him, I read it, it's called Dust Clown, but it's like, what What would you say? A giant jack the clown? The giant oh, jack-in-the-box? Jack yeah, he's scary. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh. He's terrifying. That thing's actually scary looking. So this movie was largely practical effects and a lot of puppeteering. And what Michael says, he added some CGI to enhance the puppeteering work and to remove some Mm -hmm. things. But it's mostly puppeteer work. And I did want to give a shout out because it was shot in New Zealand in order to employ WETA, W-E-T-A, workshop. The effects uh, house that was also used for all Peter Jackson's Middle Earth movies. Hey. Yeah, and the Kiwi special effects and prop company based in Miramar made all the physical puppets and then all the fixed pixel pushing. So shout out to those two workshops. Um, So they are getting attacked. Yes. Uh, Sarah, Linda, and Tom head upstairs to save those kids. They leave Howard and the rest of them downstairs. Jordan is swallowed. <laughs> by the jack-in-the-box and it's not just that he's a scary jack-in-the-box that's like bigger than a person like his mouth unhinges yeah it's terrifying it's like a boa constrictor and so after and i'm not sure if it's supposed to be the same jack-in-the-box that scared beth but i assume it is and that he grew maybe because beth was really scared of him and what happened to beth they're able to fight them off Linda stabs teddy bear in the eye with an icicle, which is really cool. But when and they they start running downstairs because downstairs the gingerbread men attack again with a nail gun, and I think it's like they shoot Howard full of nails in his legs. And at first it's kind of comical, but then like I'm like that would really yeah hurt. I thought about that too. I'm like so that much. sucks. Ow! But Howard fights them off, and then Rosie finishes off the last one. Which yeah, is really cute. good girl, Rosie. And then Stevie's able to escape. The Jack in the Box, but then he goes into the vents and they head downstairs and Krampus or the Jack in the Box, something's upstairs and Max lets Rosie into the vents. And at first it seems like she's winning, but like, I assume that she's also been taken by the Jack in the Box because we don't really hear her through that. Oh, another director trademark. So something happens to the dog off screen, which I appreciate. Well, but in this movie... Well, well, you'll know towards the end, but it's more of a capture than a kill. Yeah. So. But I, I do like that. Like, you don't hear, like, I don't, I like, I like that there's no, like, violence that you see towards dogs. Yeah. He ends up falling through the ceiling into the living room, and then they attack everyone again. All the creepy toys are still alive, and then Aunt Dorothy manages to shoot the bear and the angel, but before she can shoot Jack, the elves arrive. Yes. And the creepy elves who put the fire out and then they take Chrissy, Dorothy, and Howard out the window. But before they can get the rest of them, Krampus howls and they disperse. It's very it's like a velociraptor howling, which I named this next part but the big guy with the sack. Um they all try to they try to leave, but Krampus shows up. Omi stays to meet him as she believes this is fate and tells them to be good and she locks them out. Oh so sad. It's really sad. She's like, be good. <laughs> and then she's like, bye. So Tom, Sarah, Max, Linda, and Stevie all leave to try to get to the snowplow. 
And they almost make it, but then Tom ends up sacrificing himself for his family and is captured again under the whatever was under the snow. And then Linda is taken. And then Sarah gets the kids in the car, but then she's also taken. And Max and Stevie are trying to start the plow, but then as soon as they get it started, the elves come and they take Stevie. And then they leave Max with the Krampus spell. Yeah. As he looks at it, you hear Omi saying... He left me as a reminder of what happens when hope is lost, when belief is forgotten, and the Christmas spirit dies. So, we assume he's alone, but he does hear all the Krampus creatures cavorting, and they actually still have Stevie in their clutches. And there's, like, a big hole to the underworld opened. And they're, like, I guess they've thrown everybody in there. And so he he demands to take back his wish and save his family, and he throws the bell at Krampus and a even bigger hole opens up. I do like this too because for the first time we see like Krampus's face, um, which is yeah. really interesting because he's wearing like a Santa Claus mask over his real face. Is he or is that just his real face? No. So I was reading, I was reading about it. So because basically, you know, like Michael was like, "Oh, I didn't want to show his face," and the interviewer in one of the interviews was like, "But you do show his face," and he's like, "Oh, but that's just a mask he likes to wear. If we ever do a sequel, we'll really show his face." Mm. good to know but i like it because it's like if he's the shadow of saint nick but he's also mischievous it makes sense that he's wearing like a mask of saint nick because he doesn't want he wants to be that shadow yeah it's a very creepy santa claus mask Mm -hmm. or saint nicholas mask so max offers himself Mm -hmm. and he has a tear and crampus wipes it away and you think that he's maybe going to take pity on him like oh okay but no, he starts laughing and he thro- they throw Stevie into the underworld before dangling Max over the pit, who apologizes and is still thrown in. You're like, oh my God, it's awful. Which leads to the end, yes. which we call Merry Christmas Forever. Yay. Where Max wakes up and seemingly everything's back to normal. Never happened. It's Christmas morning. Everyone's at home, safe and sound. They're still like themselves, but it's honestly, they seem a little nicer to each other. Yeah. You know, immediately, but they're still like themselves. Everyone's still there. Rosie's still there. Omi's still there. Everybody's there. Um, there's still snow, but the power's on. And he he's like, oh, I guess I just had a bad dream. And he's like, he like keeps hugging his parents like, oh, I've learned to, you know, love my family and cherish them or whatever. But then he has this random, like, weirdly, ra- weirdly wrapped wooden box. And um, there's a Krampus bell in it. And... Everyone, once they see the bell, it's like they all start remembering what just happened, what happened. And they're like, oh, shit, what the fuck's going on? And then it pans out. And apparently they're in a snow globe that Krampus keeps in his workshop. And he's collected like hundreds or thousands (laughs) of Krampus bells. Yes. It's creepy. And then you see all the demonic toys go, and then it's the end. I have to admit, so the first time I saw this, okay, so the second time I saw this movie was for the podcast, but the first time I saw it was actually in theaters in 2015. And Mm. I thought they were like in some kind of personal hell that like they were doomed to repeat Christmas Day over and over and over again. That's what I thought too, but also Max got his wish. 
Yeah, but it turns out that it's actually the more optimistic ending, which is funny that you thought that because you're usually the optimist to my pessimist when it comes to stuff like this. What is it supposed to be? The actual optimistic ending is that uh, Max does get a second chance because Krampus is oh. like, because the thing is, is that... Well, why is he in a snow globe? It, so, because Krampus is always kind of like, he sees you like, you know, he's watching you. Like, essentially. So they're not literally in a snow no, globe? No, no. It's like essentially like they're being watched by Krampus like don't fuck up again I gave you a oh yeah that makes me feel so much better yeah it's like I gave you a new <laughs> I gave you a new shot don't fuck it up is what this oh. is yeah and the reason that is and I've read this so the reason that is is because unlike Ami Max was brave enough to go to Krampus and fight for okay. his family because is it just me or is the ending a little confusing I know. If that's what he meant yes I'm like because I thought they the same thing. I thought they were like in their own personal hell, doomed to repeat Christmas Day forever. And just to review, I watched the kill count, but they call it the capture count because no one technically gets killed in this movie. And they also assumed that he was trapped in a forever Christmas. Yeah. And the only reason that was kind so, because Michael said, oh, well, you know, it could be either or, but they did a comic sequel continuation that proves the positive oh. ending was the right ending. Well, that makes me feel better. I know. Because, like, that's the, my one negative. Was I was like, I don't love or hate the ending, but if it's the dark ending where they're stuck in a perpetual Christmas purgatory, like, I feel like, well, but Max really did get the Christmas spirit, and that's not fair. Yeah. And I don't like when movies don't play by the rules, especially because Trick or Treat, Sam followed all of their his rules. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of weird. And I was like, maybe it was like a production thing. It's like the end of Us, where it's like, I feel like Jordan Peele didn't actually write that very, very tagged on ending. Well, that's the that thing. Ending. And I think but that circles back to Michael saying that, like, you know, he's not evil. He's just mischievous. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that makes me feel better. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was like really bummer ending so that was really my only con yeah (laughs) it's the bummer ending because i mean like like other than that i think this movie tonally does a really good job of balancing the horror elements with the comedy elements yeah like it does a really good job it does remind me the vibe is very much like better watch out yeah i agree like they have yeah it gets pretty although nobody dies in this movie yeah technically but maybe Krampus never actually kills anybody, except for apparently Ami's parents. Yeah, which I kind of like that. It's dark, but it kind of makes sense as a morality tale. It is like It's a Wonderful Life or A Christmas Carol, and that Max sees the error of his ways, and he's able to get a second chance. So I like that, but it's also kind of sad because Max is really a good kid. And literally, yeah. I mean, his cousins were being little assholes to him but he's a really good kid so it's like it's kind of you know cramp is coming but Ami also seemed like she was a good child too yeah but I and also like I like that it's kind of like hot fuzz where no one gets killed but people get maimed I mean people do get killed in hot fuzz but not by uh sergeant angel yeah yeah and it's like an actual good Christmas horror movie yeah the special effects are great the creature designs are really good but like it's hard to have a Christmas horror movie that's good because I feel like we've got we've got this movie, we've got Black Christmas, we've got Better Watch Out, Better Watch Out, and Gremlins. Yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> that's five. Yeah, because like like uh, 
like there's a bunch of really bad ones like Santa Slays and oh what is the what is the one with Garbage Day oh Silent Night Deadly Night that's at uh, Silent Night Deadly Night two is the Garbage Day but like the Silent Night Deadly Night series is another one but it's very corny and they get increasingly worse but they're like fun corny bad horror movies like they're bad so next year's gonna be fun y'all because we might have to actually there's a new one with david harbour yeah coming up playing santa claus that one might be okay um anyways was, did you have any pros or cons about it uh yeah so you know a lot of a lot of good things i really like the cast so i mean you got tony collette mm-hmm. adam scott like conchetta farrell it's fun i felt like there was some good fun chemistry i like the puppeteer work they did with it. i love practical effects i'm a sucker for practical effects i really like the research that uh, michael did into this like he looked a lot into krampus but then he also created like an americanized version of krampus that he was like let's make him like literally the shadow of saint nick so saint nick has his little toys and his helpers love give our krampus his toys and helpers i really like all those aspects i guess my con and it's not being too rough on this movie so this movie's a fun watch but there's nothing Mm -hmm. that's like to me instantly like quotable are just something that I'm just like, oh my god, this is like such an iconic scene in this movie. Yeah. And even with like Krampus, like it's really, really cool to see Krampus in the shadow. But I yeah. almost kind of felt different once I saw his face, which I mean, but then again, I'm the type of person I don't really like to see a monster. Like, because what you imagine is more horrifying than what you see. So I don't know. It's nothing like really. I see that. Nothing like really negative. Like, oh, I didn't like this. Just more like it's a, it's a middle ground film to me. It's like a very sol- solid middle ground movie. It's a fun yeah. watch. It's a fun watch. I'll say that. It is a good movie. I would. Yeah. There's not like a quote. There's a lot of funny stuff in this, though. It is comedic and funny. Yeah, I think it's it's a very similar vibe to Trick or Treat, but it's not... It's just one story, so it's a little more focused, Yeah, I would say, than Trick or Treat. I do think this is maybe made a little bit better than Trick or Treat, quality-wise. I think they were also able to get some better talent. Oh, there's good talent in Trick or Treat, mm-hmm. but it's, it's hit or miss. They've got... Like, about five really, really, really talented people, and the rest of them are, like, oh, mid. I think what it was is with Trick or Treat, Sam was such an iconic design. I like that things are very uniquely him, too, is, like, there's so many similarities I saw between his two movies. And one of the big things is even, like, the kids on the bus, like, they kind of, like, especially their design on the end reminds me of the elves. So it's, like, he has a very, like, similar creature creature look and design style yeah so i like that a lot yeah i would say it's quality but yeah i gave it like a seven out of ten oh that's actually the sack rating i gave it so hey (laughs) it was a seven out of ten i'm like i liked it it's not elevated enough for me to get eight but it's a it's a fun movie i will watch it again like it's not like a movie i would hold any ill will again but i couldn't even give it a 7.5 i was like it's good yeah did you have a grindhouse girls rating for it i did so i had it rated s for snow globes family struggles and santa's shadow oh yeah i had two i had rated b for bells blizzards and beelzebubs beelzebubs and rated k for killer toys and kringle adjacent terror oh i think i like the rated b better than the other one i think so so i guess that's all for krampus 
Aww. So, um, so next week we're gonna do a, a like a end of the year wrap up, a holiday, I don't know, sidetrack explosion or something. And <laughs> I totally stole that because there's a comedy troupe locally that has the holiday explosion. Yes, which I thought was really funny. Um, anyways, so um, we're gonna do that. But then the next week we're gonna do a movie that is very near and dear to my heart, and as I believe your heart as well, Britt. It's a good one. It's a good one. I named my dog after it, Gremlins, which is the quintessential holiday film because it takes place on Christmas Eve, bitches. Yeah. But Gremlins is currently streaming on HBO Max, as is Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Which I love. Which is also really great. It's definitely more meta. I have to thank our friend Peter for making me watch it a couple years ago because I hadn't, but I've watched Gremlins every year around Christmas. So I'm really excited because that's... It, it wasn't streaming last year that I knew of, and it's streaming on HBO Max. But in the meanwhile, so you've got a couple weeks to watch Gremlins. So with that, I think we're going to say goodnight. I do think, because we didn't say anything about this on social media, because I felt I felt weird saying stuff about this on social media, other than liking people's posts in solidarity. But in Colorado, there was a really awful shooting the night before Trans Awareness Week, yeah. which if you didn't know... And my friend Sarah reminded me of this because I knew that it was much worse, but I didn't know the statistics. But trans women are eight times more likely to get murdered than uh, cisgendered women. And um, there's a lot of transgender people who have been murdered. And unfortunately, someone decided to open fire at a gay club in Colorado Springs. I think it was called The Q, right? They are charging them with a hate crime. They killed five people and injured at least 25 more. And it's really fucking awful. And it makes me really sad because, like, I mean, this whole last year, I just, with working with the theater I work with, we were sponsoring a drag queen's watch parties for Camp Wanakiki, um, my friend Flapjack. And I started going to a lot of drag shows. And it was always something I wanted to go to. And I've had a lot of fun there. And it's a very similar environment where it's kind of like, you know, Alabama's very conservative, you know. And so there's not... There is a big gay scene where we live because um, we live near, you know, you know, we live near Birmingham. So it, it is much more of a metropolis. And so there is more of that. But it's also not really that open. And so there aren't a ton of gay clubs in the area. So, like, apparently Colorado Springs is really conservative. And this is, like, one of the only, like, havens for the LGBTQ plus community there. And it's just like everyone was just enjoying their time and some asshole just decided to attack people. And it's just, it's not okay. And I'm not okay with it. I'm sure Britt's not okay with it. Yeah. I don't have an answer for it, but something has to change because I don't, I'm thinking about the people. I'm praying for the people. It's, I mean, I don't know if anyone is in the community in Colorado Springs and they know of like a good GoFundMe or one that's legit let us know so we can point people in the right direction yeah anyways it's really shitty and i'm sorry especially this is like it was trans awareness week or trans visibility week i'm sorry not awareness visibility week i'm so sorry but yeah it's just been a really shitty shitty week so far with that and i don't know i don't i don't have an answer i just hope that everyone's okay and just be careful out there on a happier note we love you guys and we hope you guys had a really good thanksgiving and that your holiday season is not stressful. 
or, or less stressful. I've already had my first holiday Karen of the season who got mad at me because she tried to cut in line in front of me and then went to another line and passive aggressively was like, well, my line is so fast. I was like, okay, Karen. But I hope you're, I hope you're, you don't have as many of those. Take a leaf out of Krampus's book and just spend some time with your family. Yes. Presents are nice, but that's not really what life is about. Yeah. Be good to one another. Be safe. Watch each other's back. And you know what? If somebody you think is going down the path of, because I do think this person is a bit of an incel. It seems like that's the community that they identified with the most. You know, if they're going down that path, I've had friends go down that path. Be that voice of reason for them. Be the person that reaches out so that they don't feel like it's okay to do something like that. And educate your children to let them know that people who are different from them aren't dangerous to them and aren't hurting them and there's no reason to hurt them back. Because I I know when I wasn't sure about certain culture, cultural things, you know what I did? I did research. I went to the source and I watched people who were going through that and who were different from me. And guess what I found out? They're not trying to hurt me. They're just trying to live their fucking life. So leave people the fuck alone because they're not trying to hurt you. And if you feel like they are, go get some fucking therapy. Sorry. That's me. <laughs> but I love you guys. Yeah. And thanks for listening. I'm sorry. I just like, oh, it just made me upset. I don't know. Yeah. No, I understand. But I'll stop talking now. No, it's it's fine. I understand. Um, Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It feels like every so often our hearts just get broken over and over again. And I'm not numb to it. It's just more like a fatigue that I'm sure like I couldn't, if I feel this way, I couldn't even begin to imagine how people who are actually living in the community, I have friends and family um, that are part of the LGBT plus community. So I can't imagine actually being in the LGBT plus community and thinking, so I, I'm just deeply sorry. I don't know what to say. Laws laws have to be made. I will say... Something has to change. Something, something has, to, has change. to change. Something has to this change. This is not okay. I will say, um, but yeah, we love you very much. I always say this, uh, take care of yourselves and each other, but please really take care of yourselves and each other. Be there for each other. Um, we love you very, very much. We're so glad you're here with us. And we just look forward to seeing you next time. As always, same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Yes, stay spoopy, stay y'all. spoopy y'all. We love, love y'all. you. Night, Katie. Night, Gizmo. Night, Bert. Good night, all the puppies and kitties. Bye. And, and Bojack. And Bojack. And Erica. And Erica. I forgot about Erica. Yeah, I and little Corfish. And Erica. Bye, guys. And every, all the humans. All, all the humans in the household. All the all humans. Bye, y'all. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.